Hello, welcome to From Wyoming to Everest. This is Diane McGinley, and I'm here with Dr. Joseph McGinley, and we're at the M Building in downtown Casper. We are talking record-breaking rapid ascent of Everest attempts that's happening next week. In fact, you leave in two days. So this will be our last podcast that we do here from Casper. And just to kind of update everybody about a couple of logistical things, a lot of people are asking us, how can I follow Joe? We have set him up with an in-reach spot tracker and the link to see where he's at throughout his whole journey here will be available on our website, www.mcginleyclinic.com. You just go to the podcast page and we'll put the link right there for you to be able to follow him. If Joe is able to send us any pictures or things like that, we'll pop those up on the website as well. But that is where you can follow him. So that's one of the most important things of the conversation. Let's check in with you, Joe, and see how last minute preparations are going. What have you been up to this last week as you really gear up to leave on Sunday? Yeah, I've been um, pushing my training, uh, trying to peak before I leave. We'll have several days of downtime from the horrendous travel from here out to Kathmandu. So those will be my uh, tapering rest days is traveling on the airplane. So right now, yeah, I've been ramping it up. I've been increasing the altitude on the mask at night with exercise and then increasing all of my times with everything else with all the other cross training. Hopefully peaking by this weekend and then sleep on the airplane a little bit. <laughs> what do you have the mask set at? Uh, the mask is almost at 25,000 right now. So when you're on the Stairmaster or you're on the bike or you're on the treadmill, you are at 25,000 feet. Yes, I, I've been at 25,000 feet. And then when I've been finishing, I've been doing that for about 45 minutes to an hour. And then afterwards, I've been checking my balance afterwards on the balance ball. And it's been interesting. <laughs> it's not quite the same as uh, as not being at 25,000 feet, but yeah. it's been getting better. So I've been practicing with that as well. So that that's a little new add-on that I just placed in recently. Definitely to kind of know what that's going to feel like, right? That's correct. Yeah. Awesome. And just, just getting a feel for when we push it on the mountain, what's, how my body's going to respond. And how are you feeling? Like you feel like you're hitting the peak at the right time? Yeah, I'm feeling good. You know, the, the sleep has been fine. The, the goofy dreams have pretty much gone away. I'm sleeping through the night. You know, I've checked the times I have woken up in the middle of the night. I've checked my pulse socks and my oxygen saturations in the 90s. My heart rate's in the 60s and that's at 18,000 feet. So that would suggest I'm fairly well acclimated and ready to go. And yeah, all my workouts have been feeling really good. And yeah, I'm just ready to get, get out there and start climbing. Yeah, it seems like you're not super tired or any of that as well. Feeling good. So you leave on Sunday. How it's a couple of days until you actually get there. How are you getting there? Oh, man, this is probably going to be more torturous than climbing the mountain. But um, yeah, several, <laughs> several stops. <laughs> you know, I leave out of Casper, fly into Denver, lay over there and then Denver to San Francisco, several hour lay over there. And then San Francisco to Singapore. Uh, that's the longest segment of the flight. And I think I have like a 10-hour layover in Singapore. Uh, and then it's Singapore to Kathmandu. And I get in about 10 p.m. local time in Kathmandu. That's when we'll be getting into town there. So you leave on Sunday. You get there like Tuesday, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And then what happens in Kathmandu? Talk to us about permitting. Yeah, so we'll get there You know, around 10 o'clock at night, go to the hotel, stay overnight. Next day, we'll meet with the climbing association, uh, get all of our permits and everything else. We submit our application, but they still, you know, do permitting on site. So we'll get our permits while we're there. We'll rest up a bit in Kathmandu from jet lag. It's about a 12-hour time difference approximately from Casper to Nepal. And then the next day, we'll fly out to Lobache, so base camp at Lobache around 16,000 feet to begin our journey. So Wednesday will be when you're like actually on the mountain. 
No, so we arrive on Tuesday. Wednesday will be all day in Kathmandu. Thursday. Thursday, you arrive in the mountains. Okay, so those of you who are tracking him, while he leaves on Sunday, there's really not much to track until Thursday of next week. That's correct, yes. And we're doing that 20,000-foot practice climb. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It still cracks me up. Yeah, so you'll be able to... I'll have the tracker out on that, so you'll be able to follow us on that one. Yeah, again, that one's not going to be fun, to be honest, out of all the stuff we're doing. Yeah. Uh, That's going to be pretty rough with jet lag and and just getting out there and just going for it in one day to 20,000 feet. That's definitely going to be a strong push, and I'm not I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I think that will be a for sure challenge. So that's how you're getting there. That's how some of the last minute things you do. All of that gear, we have a picture of it on our website if you wanted to see how many things that are required to kind of bring. You You kind of have two separate bags going because of the Lobochet Summit, correct? Well, and, and just the diversity of terrain we're going in from, you know, warm hiking weather essentially at 16,000 feet you know, to the top of Everest at minus 40. So we have a lot of gear that we need to bring in for the various locations. We're not going to be carrying that the whole way. A lot of that will remain at base camp once we start heading up the mountain. So most of that gear is more for, you know, we don't know how long we'll be at base camp until we get a weather window. So that's that's what a lot of it is for. Yeah, I have two big duffel bags, but I'm still not done. I'm still <laughs> remembering and finding stuff to pack what? even as I go. I not not critical stuff, like but, what? you know, little things here and there. <laughs> oh my like gosh. hiking boots. <laughs> was, oh, yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, for the, for the unplanned walk. Yeah, just little things along the way. I'll bring my pulse socks to check my blood oxygenation along the way. Yeah, so those type of little things, nothing critical. So permitting and all of that, anything else that you can kind of think of as you're kind of gearing into this, this last little bit here? Yeah, I'm just anxious and ready to go. You know, I, I've been well trained for this and I just want to get out there and start climbing. It's It's been, I, I think I'm peaking at the right time. I think my training program, I, I really couldn't do much more than what I've done. So we'll just see if it works. I mean, we'll get out there, enjoy the scenery. I mean, it's beautiful over there right now. And even on Lobache, that, that has one of the best scenic views from many of those mountains in the area there. So although we're adding that on as a practice climb, the views are going to be stunning when we get up to the mountain. And, you know, I've been following on social media several of the teams that have already been at base camp. They're going back and forth through the ice falls already, trying to acclimate. We're hoping to come in and catch the weather window and, and get up that mountain and get moving. But yeah, gear's ready to go. Hopefully travel is smooth. That's that's the unknown with this whole thing. Just trying to make sure I, I don't get sick or catch a cold or anything like that last minute before I head out. I know, we're trying to keep you away from everything. We've been not going anywhere. It's a little bit a COVID isolation practice did well for us as a family <laughs> as far as understanding about keeping you healthy and certainly been some family sacrifices, a couple of missed birthday parties and things like that to make sure that you are not sick because that would be disastrous. Yeah, um, I, I caught a cold once during this training and it was hard to be in that tent with uh, just a regular cold. It was miserable. I had to lower the altitude and everything else. So getting cold right now would be a disaster. So being very careful, trying to not be around people if possible and doing the best we can to stay healthy and ready to go on this climb. Yeah, any little thing could really throw a wrench into the whole, the whole process. So many people have been so supportive of you and have reached out in kind of cool ways. You know, a lot of my patients, they've been following along. It's been it's been interesting to see, you know, a lot of their perspective and everything else on this. So a lot of people think I'm crazy <laughs> for doing it. Um, but, yep. you know, again, <laughs> I, believe it or not, I was talking to some of my uh, colleagues here. I, I find it relaxing when I get on the mountain, my phone's not ringing. I don't have emails. It's actually very relaxing to be out there just climbing the mountain, enjoying the scenery, enjoying nature. Although it might be minus 20 or minus yeah, 40. Nature. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's a beautiful location that not many people get to experience and just the colors on these glaciers and you just really can't even describe it. It's just so massive and so impressive. 
So I'm looking forward to that. That's that's always the fun of it. I'm also looking forward to see what Everest Base Camp looks like. I, you know, I saw some of the sites online. Because of the hikes and treks into Everest Base Camp, the population at Base Camp can swell up to 2,000 people wow. um, at Base Camp itself. Yeah, because you have the climbers, right? There's four or 500 climbers, but then you have all the support staff and everything else at Base Camp, and then all the, the trekkers that are just doing the Base Camp trek. It's like a whole city. And it's getting fairly sophisticated on the camps. I, I saw another post. I didn't even know this existed, but they actually have like tent rooms you can rent that are almost like first class hotel rooms. Really? <laughs> Pretty amazing. Yeah. Massage services, everything is crazy. Really? Like glamping yeah. At, yeah, at base camp? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I didn't know that existed, but I saw some pictures of it. And yeah, base camp looks to be fairly sophisticated these days. So it'll be interesting to see what that's like. And well, hopefully you're not there for very long. Yeah, in and out. That, that's the goal. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. One of the things you said, you don't take any phone calls, but a question I get very frequently is how will I hear from you? And the short answer to that is you do carry a satellite phone, right? So we, yeah. I will, you'll be in communication with your family. That's correct. Uh, so first we have the tracker. So you'll be able to see pretty much where I'm at all the time. I will have a sat phone. I've had that on all the mountains. So yeah, I'll, I'll be in communication. I won't be working, but I'll... I'll be in communication for sure. We're planning to do a podcast or two from the mountain as well. Um, So I'll give some real-time updates uh, as we're going along. Sound quality won't be as good, but uh, yeah, I'll call in from the sat phone. I think actually my my regular iPhone will work at base camp. I think they have Mm -hmm. full Wi-Fi and everything else there. Actually, those rooms had satellite TV, believe it or not. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh so, uh, yeah, at least for the first couple of days, we'll be we'll be able to communicate. But again, for those tracking, we won't be anywhere on the mountain till at least Thursday of this coming week. And then, you know, remember, there's a 12 hour time difference as well, approximately. Earlier or later. Which way does it go? Uh, I think it's ahead 12 hours. Ahead 12 I think hours. so. Okay, yeah, I think it's got, 12 hours ahead. should probably figure that um, out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, either way, 12 hours, <laughs> one way or the other. Right. Uh, well, I know you're all packed. Charlie and I are really excited for you. He's excited to talk to you through a satellite phone. And we sure hope that your journey there goes smoothly. And we'll check in with you again when you're at a base camp somewhere and see where it goes. Once you get there, one of the big things that we can talk about is that weather window. So, you know, a lot of people looking at that and your guide, obviously an integral part of like analyzing that. And so I think our next podcast will probably be from Lobuchet area and we'll talk about weather windows and sort of what it's looking like. I'm excited to see it though. The weather has been fluctuating there for sure. I mean, they've had snow in base camp and everything else. Obviously they're at 17,000 feet. It does get colder at nighttime, but the weather is variable at every part of that mountain. So when the mountains are that high, they create their own weather pattern and the jet stream goes through the top of Everest. So it might be beautiful down at base camp and horrendous up on the top. It's very localized on those mountains. Each camp has its own weather pattern and own weather predictions. And yeah, we'll be following that closely on the way up. And it's not unusual to get in those camps and then just get pinned down for a day or two as well, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to make the right decisions and not try to push to the summit when the mountain's not letting you get there. Yes. Again, like when you say things like that. <laughs> yeah. Smart choices. Smart choices, Joe. Yeah. The, um, the sleeping bag's warm. So <laughs> I got a really nice sleeping bag. So I don't, I don't mind staying in there. <laughs> good. Good. I like to hear that. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks everyone for listening. This is Diane McGinley. I'm here with Joe McGinley. Next time we hear from him, he will be in Nepal. Thank you so much. Take care.